The Bible Study Podcast, episode 613. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues a study of the book of Ezra with chapter 3. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Well, I don't know if you saved chapter two for a sleep aid. I am told that my voice can be soothing, and with that chapter, it might just work for you. But we're on to chapter three, where we actually start work on rebuilding the temple. And it starts like this, rebuilding the altar. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. Then Joshua, son of Josadak and his fellow priests and Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, and his associates began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the people around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both morning and evening sacrifices. Then, in accordance with what is written, they celebrated the Festival of Tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed for each day. After that, they presented the regular burnt offerings, the new moon sacrifices, and the sacrifices for all the appointed sacred festivals of the Lord, as well as those brought as freewill offerings to the Lord. On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. This is an interesting thing here because it tells us a little bit about their priorities. And I think in this case, their priorities are pretty good because remember that their worship of God revolves around sacrifices at this time. And so they don't start with the cornerstone of the temple. They don't start with the walls or the foundation or any of those things that we would tend to start with if we're building a building. But they sort of skip over that and say, well, what is the purpose of this building? The purpose of this building, the temple, is a place where we can worship God. We don't have to wait until the temple is finished to worship God. We don't have to wait until everything is perfect to worship God. We are required by the law in the Old Testament to do these various kinds of sacrifices, the morning and the evening sacrifices, the Feast of Tabernacles, some of the festivals that are going on, the the new moon sacrifices, sacrifices for all of these things, regular burnt offerings. All we need for that is an altar, In the wilderness, they didn't have a temple. They had a tent. They had the tabernacle. And yet still they worshiped God. And so they realized that if they just put up an altar in the midst of their construction project, they can begin doing the most important thing, which is the worship of God. And I wonder how much we sometimes get distracted by all of the other things that need to be done and forget why we're doing them. And I like the fact that here in Ezra 3, they understood that the temple was for worship and worship was the important thing. So let's do what we need first to worship. And all we need is an altar. 
And, you know, this is the kind of thing that we hear in the Old Testament that the patriarchs would put some rocks together and they would create an altar and that Elisha puts together the altar when he is competing against the prophets of Baal and puts it back together again in no time at all. And so it doesn't take them very long to put together the altar and to begin doing what they need to be doing to begin restoring that relationship with God that was broken through the sin of Israel that led to them being dispersed. And so they first go back to that important thing, the worship of God. And then they start building the temple. And it goes like this. Then they gave money to the masons and carpenters and gave food and drink and olive oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa as authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. In the second month of the second year after their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, Jonathan, son of Josedach, and the rest of the people the priests and the Levites, and all those who had returned from captivity to Jerusalem began the work. They appointed Levites 20 years old and older to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. Joshua and his sons and brothers and Kadmiel and his sons, descendants of Hudaviah and the sons of Hanadad and their sons and brothers, all Levites, joined together in supervising those working on the house of God. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with cymbals, took their place to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love towards Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping, because the people made so much noise, and the sound was heard far away. I love the fact that now that they've reestablished the important thing, the worship, they start on the temple, and it's Everyone doing it. Did you catch that? It's not just that they're giving money to the Masons and the Carpenters. It's not just that they have the Levites overseeing the work. But it says all who had returned from captivity began the work. This is a communal work. This is the work of the people, which is always been the important thing to God has not been the temple, but the people and the community which is why he was willing to let the temple get destroyed so that he could preserve for himself a remnant of the people because the people are what matters. But they gather together and they do this work together and they do it with great shouts of joy and singing as they lay the foundation, which I think is a good way to do things in general. I think we should all begin our day with shouts of thanksgiving and praise towards God and especially on significant days like this when you're doing something important. But as they lay the foundation, we get this mixture of crying and shouts of joy. And I think there are a number of reasons why there is this mixed reaction. So some of the people who are crying may be crying because they remember the destruction of the temple if they're old enough. It's been about 70 years, so there's going to be a few people around who were there to see the old temple. And so they're going to weep because they remember the temple that was destroyed. 
Some of those who are weeping are remembering that the temple that was destroyed was greater than the temple that they're building. This temple is not going to be as big and as beautiful as Solomon's temple. And you can tell that right away from when you lay the foundation that this is going to be smaller. This is a country that is less important in the world's eyes at this time. It's a country that is certainly much smaller than it was. It doesn't need as big a temple as it used to need. And so some people who are weeping are weeping for what was lost. And some people who are shouting with joy are shouting with joy for what was gained, shouting with joy because the temple is being rebuilt. And I think of this tension that I often see in our churches because it's easy to look at the way things were, and sometimes the way things were in some churches used to be better. And we miss these shouts of joy sometimes when we forget that, yes, but, yes, but is God working here? Yes, but are we doing what God wants now and here? Because we can't go back to that old temple. We can't go back to that old church. We can't go back to the way it was in Sunday school when you were a kid God is always moving forward, and his people are called to move forward with him wherever he may be going, sometimes to bigger things, and sometimes bigger things are behind us, like the people here who are at this temple dedication, but they're doing the good work of God, and that's worth shouts and songs of joy. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word Kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.